Hello and welcome to another episode of the Podcast. We, uh, we're in the stretch where there's really not trade seasons done, all-star seasons done. Now it's just we're waiting to see how the playoffs kind of shake out. About to talk about some injuries, unfortunately, and then some other more exciting things going on, especially in the Western Conference. PJ, what up, dude? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Everything's done, done, done. <laughs> well, I Is don't like that. I didn't don't like that quite as much as your Yana song, but no. Well, you didn't like that one either, actually. If we if we roll back the tape, a big hater of the baby Yana song. Big hater, big hater. But I think well, we're being a hater. It was just I think it was we, just running a little long. I think we could. I think we could call this period of the NBA season done season, where we declare teams and people are done. Kyrie's done. Sixers might be done. I don't know. I mean, we'll let. I don't have any more. Do you just want to – should we just jump into the Sixers? Ah, we don't have to jump into anything. No, let's start Let's start in the Eastern Conference. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. I want to talk about the Sixers. I feel like – I don't I don't feel have a good feel for how much we've really talked about them, but they're sitting at fifth in the East. They're um, – they've played a couple more games than Miami. They won tonight against the Knicks. That, but there's no one's catching the Bucks. I would say, you know, it's really are they going to finish as the fourth or the fifth seed? But they're probably going to play the Heat in round one. Uh, the Pacers could realistically catch them though. But now they have Pacers are bad though right now. Yeah, they're they're going to win tonight against Portland. They've been playing, they've been off and on. Yeah, um, trying yeah, to mean... trying to get a feel for Victor Oladipo being back. I I I mean every team in the East has pretty much been like all the teams that start out hot in the East pretty much now like the Heat, Pacers, and six the Sixers were not hot. But I mean they're just like, but like those three teams have all just had really bad stretches here the last month and a half. Um, and then like I mean. Really, the only two teams in the East that are like functioning well have been the Bucks and Raptors, and the Celtics. As of recently, have taken a little bit of an uptick uh, with how Jason Tatum's been has had a crazy February. Um, but your original question, I know, was about the Sixers, and uh, yeah, they're. Uh, turns out, all their moves in the offseason weren't that great. And I well, don't know they're going to really uh, – they built their team to stop Giannis, and they might not even get a matchup with the Bucks to be able to apply that to stop Giannis. Because that could <laughs> – it's great if you stop Giannis, but it's it's not great if you can't beat anyone else. Well, it just depends. Well, if they're 100% healthy and they're going against Miami, Miami certainly could win that series, at least based on the way that they're playing right now. Well, <laughs> based on how both those teams play – it would go down to game seven, and then whoever the home team is, every team in that series that's the home team would win every game because they're both right. basically the same with their – I mean, Miami's a little bit better on the road. I mean, Philly's been awful on the road, but their, like, home records are incredible, and then they're just, like, not the same teams on the road. Well, I mean, the, the Sixers have definitely been worse, but now they've got – you know, Jimmy's been battling his shoulder, but he's playing. The Sixers now have Simmons out for a couple of weeks. Going to get inval- evaluated in two weeks. But apparently they're preparing to have him out even longer. Simmons sprains his shoulder, leaves earlier last night. They're going to reevaluate him in a week. I ultimately think the NBA thing's not going to be that big of a deal. Uh, they play a crappy Knicks team tonight, and Tobias uh, Harris goes crazy. I actually think... They could string together and pick up some wins. Even like 
Tobias Harris, I still think is a. He, you could make the argument he's not worth the max contract he got this offseason, but he's still a good player. It's just he doesn't get nearly as many opportunities with the ball uh, because Embiid and, and Simmons are much more ball dominant. So I, it'll be interesting to see kind of what this team looks like now. Horford, may, I mean, maybe that's where things really fell flat for them. Like, I don't, I, I don't really know exactly what happened with Jimmy if it was they were going to give if they would offer him the five-year max I think he would have stayed and I I, f- I feel like that would have been a, a better investment than rolling with Horford personally um I don't just because, I don't know if, yeah I just think he gives them so much it hedges the bet again like I think that he can he's great to have a playoff series uh he's a guy to have to give the ball in the fourth quarter although we're saying I'm saying this the night after the Heat lost and he got blocked at the rim in the yeah. last couple seconds of the game, so that wasn't great. But typically, he he's a guy you want on the fourth quarter and in big moments. I I don't know. I, I yeah. I'm not saying like the Sixers. It just seems like. I mean, I I feel like they're if they go out if they. I don't know how likely it is that they're going to lose in the first round, but it's definitely possible. Oh, they possible. could definitely lose in the first and round. And if they lose in the first round, are they blowing it up? And by blowing it up, I don't mean, like, selling the team away because they have they have a ton of talent and assets, but I mean, like, are they splitting Embiid and Simmons up? Well... And do, you th- do you think they should do that? No, I mean... Well, the issue with the Sixers, like, talent-wise, they definitely have, like, one of the better assembled crews, like, of teams of just, like, individual player talent um but it hasn't co been cohesive enough to be like a functional basketball team because like on paper you still look at it and you think like defensively like this team could be really incredible especially in a playoff series against like whoever they played but everyone's not gonna be healthy and like yeah i mean the regular season wise at least Horford and Bede, like, haven't found a rhythm to, like, play well together, and, like, it hasn't been effective. Um, Josh Richardson really hasn't been, like, super great for them. And, um, yeah, I mean, they just, like, haven't found a, a gel, but you almost look at, like, in a playoff series where rotation's short and just, like, of you know, your top seven, eight guys that in those kind of series you, you would think if the Sixers matched up with someone, they could just kind of off talent uh, – beat them out where um you know if you you're you were comparing kind of the heat or whatever but it's like i mean heat are probably a more cohesive basketball team they've struggled kind of uh like wiggins the or uh i'm sorry igudala and like that hasn't really um shown immediate you know impact and helping them uh too much and they've like sort of had their struggles here this month but i would i would definitely like them better and their chances especially if it was like them and philly in a playoff series um yeah like i think it's a real possibility philly gets eliminated uh first round and then you're probably seeing brad brown definitely going to be fired um i think it gets more down to the question of like the front office and like that as this is how this thing trending like enough where you're having to look at Elton Brand and say like someone else needs to come in to figure out like yeah like what you said maybe they make the decision they need to blow up Embiid and and Simmons but like I'm not there yet and also but if like that's what the organization decides is what they need to do do you trust Elton Brand to be the one to make those decisions since when you look at this offseason and kind of the moves they've made since he's taken over, they trade Covington Sarge to get Tobias. They acquired Jimmy you know, and Tobias last year. Uh, they were more in the business of felt of acquiring talent and utilizing their assets to do it than they were about kind of in a, in a mindset of like team building, which I think both have their merits and critiques in some different ways. I think, I think where I'm at, I don't, 
I just don't think they're going to win a championship with those four guys being their four guys. And maybe there's a trade on the table with Horford or yeah. um, oh, Horford, Tobias. I but I don't think – I'm with you that I'm not I'm, – I'm not removing those two guys. I just think that Simmons – I'm, I'm a huge – fan of ben simmons i know like the spacing and everything he brings to the table when it comes to that and how he can at times completely disappear disappear in the half court is concerning but he is what i think he's one of the best defensive players in the league and i just i think that he could be i think he could shoot a few threes i just think it might have a slower progression similar to what happened with Giannis. I just, I think that's very possible. Uh, I don't Um, know about that. I don't. Giannis is, Giannis, even when he's been bad, like Giannis never showed a reluctance to like try to shoot a three as you saw with that Simmons has shown his first couple of years here. Um, Like, I guess the question I, if you did, like, I don't, yeah, I think we're both kind of – it might be a little – it's a little overreactionary to say, like, oh, Simmons and B can't win together. Um, I still think there's ways you can build around them. And, I mean, I think they were kind of doing that when they – before they made some of these moves uh, last year. But, like, if you came down to termination, like, are you moving – are you putting all your eggs in the Ben Simmons or the Joel Embiid basket if you know, one of those guys has to go? I would I would trade uh, Embiid before I would trade Simmons, yeah. and that's that's more coming from that's more coming from a place that like if I knew that I was getting healthy Embiid for the next three years, I'll say, then maybe I feel differently. But I don't know if that's what I'm getting. I I I don't even know if health's like my concern. I just think like. If you removed Embiid, I think you could really strip down the Sixers in a way or, like, make a trade in some context where it's like, all right, we're going to build this team around Ben Simmons in a way that, like, would work. Um, Similar to, like, what you look like, what Milwaukee's done with Giannis. Like, uh, I don't necessarily know if I'd make the argument that Chris Middleton is is an all-star on just – you plug him into any NBA roster and he's an all-star and like the second best player on a team. But I think in the context of him playing alongside Giannis, like, yeah, he can be the second best player on a team where Giannis is your best player type of a thing. Um, and I think there's, there's players around, you know, you can make artists is Tobias Harris, that guy with Ben or, you know, whoever those pieces might be. But, I think you could definitely – there's a lot you could do with just because of, like you said, the defensive components of Ben's game. And, I mean, he does have great vision and, like, for not shooting any threes has been effective uh, at points. But it just gets frustrating when you're – you won't shoot the ball beyond, like, 10 feet. It's weird. I I think they need to figure that out, but I I think it's a fair point. You even if you knew Embiid was going to be healthy, you can make the argument that Simmons is still the guy to have because of everything he brings defensively on the perimeter versus Embiid is like he might not be quite at Rudy Gobert's level, but he's like close from a rim protector. He's probably yeah. the second the second guy I'd want in, in a position like that. Um, I just, he's such a ball stopper and that's why I think that Tobias Harris fit with him is like, like surprisingly bad. It's just, I don't think that they can really get, get him going. But anyway, Sixers, um, it's not going to be their year. These injuries aren't going to help, but you know, they're, they're probably going to lose in the, they're going to, they're going to lose to Miami or they're, they're probably going to play the Bucks in the second round if they somehow get past that and I I know that they lost the Bucks lost the Sixers on Christmas Day they took care of business and the game that ultimately Simmons a- aggravated that back injury but um, I don't see that 
being a problem. There, the Bucks are. Bucks are still good. <laughs> no, I <laughs> uh, like legit, like we were texting about this, you know, a couple of days. But like, I think legitimately the only team I am nervous about the Bucks playing in the playoffs is the Raptors. Like that's the only in the run. playoffs period or in the East. In the East, I mean, yeah. Okay. In the Eastern Conference side of it, like that is the only team I look at as like, oh, I could totally see in a playoff series them beating the Bucks just based on roster personnel and like the Raptors defensively have been I mean their ability to kind of switch their defensive schemes and just what they've been doing this season like they could they could just give the Bucks some trouble if they wanted to um, and if the Bucks aren't prepared for it and just like in a, a game-to-game playoff series like they could just be like all right, we're going to throw this at them, and next game we're going to change it to this because they're going to counter for what we did with them the last game. Uh, they're, they've been super good. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, they make me nervous. I'm not really – I mean, the only other team I think you could make the argument off of just, like, based on the roster is Boston. Uh, I, I mean, I would have said Philly, but I just – like, yeah, it's not happening. Philly's not going to be in a position to play the Bucks, um, But Philly probably roster-wise is built to – as we just jokingly said, like, to just stop Giannis. Um, but, like, the Celtics, looking at that, would be the only other team. Out. But I just don't think, like, I think the Bucks' defensive capabilities, like, they just would do more damage to the Sixers than the – or to the – I'm sorry, to the Celtics than the Celtics could do to the Bucks. you know, kind of a thing. Right. And I I, I think the Bucks. I think if it ends up being Bucks Raptors, that's gonna be a really fun series, and I, I still like I still like the Bucks, um, but to every point that you just kind of made, the Raptors are just so well coached. Uh, they are tough as hell at home. They have dudes yeah. that have proved it, proved it last year in the playoffs, and they're just not gonna they're not gonna fear anybody, even if it's yeah. the Bucks. And like so that, if, that, I just I just want that. Like I think yeah. it would be if we can get Clippers, Lakers, and Raptors, Bucks, then it's gonna be a really fun playoffs. Yeah. I'm looking way too far ahead, but no, that'd be I, really fun. Like the Raptors thing is like if you get a great Siakam series out of in a Raptors Bucks series, like I I don't know. I like that makes me really nervous. Like if Siakam has a couple bad games, like in a Bucks series, like that's where I think the Bucks would just work them. But like a great Siakam series, especially like defense defending Giannis, like that could be really tough. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But um, let's talk about another fun Eastern Conference story. Uh, so <laughs> the Wizards have not had a, a ton of positive things to talk about. Uh, I think. Bertans has been low key kind of fun, and they they actually yeah. are like one of the better offensive teams in the league, and the maybe worst defensive team. And yeah, and they had a really weird stretch of games. Their last three games, they went one and two. Uh, they lost to your Chicago Bulls, and they lost to Milwaukee in overtime where Brad Beal put up 53 and 55 points, respectively, each one a career high <laughs> in back-to-back nights. And then he drops 30, and they win against Brooklyn. And um, in, he's now second in the league in scoring. He's averaging 30 a game. He shot... Combined in those two games, he dropped 50. He shot above 55% in both games and above 45% for three. Got to the line 10, 10 and 20 times, respectively. Uh, he's just been he's been so good this year. And I, I think, I hope he's on a different team going into the 2020-2021 mm. season. Mm. Um, I feel there. like they could... I feel like they could fetch a, a pretty penny i think there will be teams that because of the lack of free agent availability this coming off season 
now seems like a time where Washington could fetch a lot for Brad Beal, and he has a ton of years left on his contract, and he's 26, so if you're going to go throw a ton of assets at a guy, there are worse, worse options to go with. Um, but what do you think about that and kind of how Beal has looked this year? Oh, I mean, like the last cut, man, just happened that he him playing the Bucks and the Bulls in those two 50-point games. I found myself consuming both said games of him doing that. Uh, was really surprised the Bulls actually beat them. Um, was more surprised that they hung with the Bucks and, like, couldn't make the argument in a couple of stretches of that game like the Wizards should have beat like the Bucks should have lost to them um like the Wizards were dead Bradley Beal played his ass off in the Bucks game especially I thought that was a more impressive thing to do versus just like how the Bucks are as a defensive team versus like the Bulls thinking they play defense uh but the the yeah kind of that both those things that like spurred a lot of people to say like what you're talking about of like the you know Bradley Beal's driving 50 and they're losing games like oh he's got to be one out of here I don't know if that's necessarily true like I think he only gets traded if he asks to be traded um and I don't know if there's that urgency he looks like he wants to be traded well I don't I don't know like I think there's you haven't seen those indicators of like them saying anything like that. I think like there's an argument to be made that uh, you know him him being frustrated by losing versus like frustrated being on the team. I think are two separate things. I don't think, and like everything I've seen, I don't think there was an indicator that he was coming into the season thinking this team was going to be anything great but i also think like just the merits of how the season is going like the wizards could theoretically make a playoffs and like being close enough for like he could do that and like the pride of being the best player on this team with john since john walls is not playing like i think there's something you said of like oh i was able to lead it like him being able to know he can lead a team on his own to be a playoffs in the playoffs, I think is like probably some like a point of pride for him. And this, like if you, the simple fact that they're not doing that. And like, he's putting up these big games, like, yeah, it's like, I'd be frustrating just like in a micro sense of it. Uh, I don't know if there's any indication though, that he needs or wants to be traded at this moment. I think, you know, and really, like, the part of it, too, comes down to, like, you said, like, trade partners. like, Or, like, someone trading for him. But, like, who are the likely teams that would, like, be able to provide, give out assets and, you know, players, whatever the case may be, to make a trade make sense for the Wizards to do and be a team Bradley Beal would want to play on? Like, literally the only team that I could think of was Miami. And made, like... Denver. I think you make an argument for Denver, but like they don't have the picks and draft assets that I think Denver would want if they're moving Bradley Beal. That Washington would want, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I they, they don't have they can certainly trade future first. Uh they have I mean they would have to probably include Michael Porter in the deal. Um, yeah. Almost assuredly. They have they have enough young, intriguing talent that I think if you even if the first rounders that you're throwing in the deal are less valuable, I I think they could theoretically make that work if Washington is in the market. But and I I think that they are like you're they have no unless Brad Beal thinks he can win with John Wall when he comes back. Yeah, well I think I think they're kind of waiting for some of that because they haven't played together for a couple of years. You know be almost two years fully um by the time probably john wall comes back i i i could i i could see all indicators them waiting for that before they make any decision and then you're getting into like the 2021 off season where there's a lot of free agents i think there's just a lot more options as far as if you decided to move brad beal you could do it then um and like i mean he just signed that extension so like i mean 
there isn't that urgency on there is like yeah he just doesn't have the leverage i think at this point even if he wanted to demand a trade of like being able to go somewhere he might want to um i i could definitely see the you know a year from now us having this conversation and being like oh yeah i could see brad beal getting moved this uh, this that you know summer but i don't see it really happening this year um well fair enough man i'm i'm i think it would be fun to see that happen this off season but you very well could you're be right they don't trans- exactly you're just a transaction jo- you're just jonesing for transactions you're just riding that next Woj bomb high. Well, I am, but I also, to my point at the beginning, I do think could they they could make that deal a year from now. I just think I think that they could have they. I think they get a, get a huge return, and there when is the right time? Mean. What when is the right time to start rebuilding a team? I don't. I don't have. There is no like perfect answer for that. But when you have doing leverage it, and a good trade partner, well, and I think they're going to have good trade partners. Is what I'm saying. I think they will. But what offers are out there? You know, that's that's a, a different question. Um, let's let's hop to the Western Conference and kind of do our our roundabout. There was uh, we got a really really fun game between LeBron and zion and uh lakers took care of business at staples um ended up winning by uh 118 to 109 lebron lebron uh had 40 had looked had one of his best games of the year in my mind um zion in general has been on a complete tear like i didn't realize until today Looking at his stats, like I knew that he was playing well, I didn't. I didn't realize that he was averaging twenty three points in twenty eight minutes a game. So he's uh, averaging twenty eight and seven. Um, is per thirty six, he's averaging almost thirty and nine, and he's doing it uh, shooting fifty seven percent. He's not his three point shooting has been super low volume. Uh, I know he had that huge three-point barrage in his in his opening game, which was cool to see. But he actually has been shooting less than a three a game, which is wild. Because like, if that becomes more of a consistent part of his game, and he, uh, I think that he's gonna lose a little weight, and he's gonna get a little. He if he even gets an ounce more athletic, like what the, <laughs> you know, what is gonna happen? Dude. But he's just been, Dude. he's been amazing, and like it was Dude. just cool. Yeah. You, I, I, no disrespect to the, I want to get on the uh, the Zion stuff, but you opening this Lakers Pelicans thing with talking about all the Zion stuff when LeBron dropped forty on them in that game. <laughs> well, I feel well, like it's this disrespectful is this is to the go. This is this is typical. I guess I just don't think it, of it as. I I come it's to expect it. High in uh, points. He went off like he it was great. They had uh five blocks on Zion, which is the most any teams blocked him. Like I don't think it was necessarily Zion's like definitely like he's been on a tear, like you said, but I mean the Lakers uh definitely I thought put him in check at points. Uh versus I mean LeBron I think was probably motivated because they were playing Zion to and it was a TNT game, you know, to remind people who who's still top dog? Well, he did that, and I. <laughs> you're right. He had eleven zero run in the start of the third. He himself forty eight and six, which is, but that's just like he he's put up bigger games than that in playoff games. Like I I just it, you're I, right. It's incredible. He was great. Uh, you the Lakers that comment makes me angry because like in. Five six years we're gonna wish we could have a LeBron James like game like he had like we're gonna miss though we can't take it for granted dude whoa 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 LeBron could be playing six years from now we don't he know could. this 
I don't know if he's going to be putting up 40 point games in six years. Like I, if there's one guy, it's him. Like he's 35, he's 35. Like that, that is crazy to me. I mean, I like, this is this. I'm not unique in, in thinking this and saying this, but I do think that we don't pay enough attention to the fact that he's just doing typical LeBron James stuff at 35 and it's just like nothing. Yeah, you're one of those people. You're just you're just discounting his. Like I have not. I am. I am fully in like. The last like couple years of LeBron, I'm like, man, I just want to soak up all of this and enjoy like it until it's. Because when it's gone, it's like gonna. It's just like we don't. We only get so much of it. I feel like it's been enhanced like since like the COVID. Honestly, since the Kobe stuff, even more, I'm just like, fuck, like, what can we do to make LeBron play for another eight years? Like, maybe he should be on the TB12 plan. Well, I don't know if you listened to the Jared Dudley podcast I did with uh, Zach Lowe after their game uh, against Boston, but they, he said it himself. Like, he's like, I don't, I don't really worry about LeBron or LeBron's fatigue or how his body's going to hold up. He's the, no. He's the most ready to play in shape guy he's ever played with. And yeah. Hey, maybe that's what may- happens when you invest over a million dollars in your body every year. But no, I'm, I'm just, which I still want to, I want that story to come out. That's like, here's what it's on <laughs> here. Yeah. Here's where he's getting his food from. Here are the foods he is eating. Here are the foods he's not eating. Like, no, I just mean it. Just strictly, all I'm, I was meant to get I was like, let's, let's give LeBron the credit first before we're talking about. We got another 10, 15 years of, of Zion. We don't have that much time with LeBron. Zion's gonna have plenty better games, um, but he's also literally. I know, like, if we want to go to that part, like this. I know when we did our early stuff, like I scoffed at the idea of the Pelicans being able to make the playoffs um how zion's playing though like i know there are a few games out still like it'd still be crazy but like they can make the playoffs like he could just like literally have come in and like sheer just force like they end up being in the playoffs because of how dominant he's been as a 19 year old Oh, it, it's it's he just like manhandles people. It's amazing. It's so fun. I like. I want to go see him. The they're coming. I want to. I like have to go see him when they come when he comes up to Minnesota. I got. Yeah, he go. missed the. We missed the bull window with him. He wasn't like. Dude, it. Yeah, it's him getting that rebound from the free throw line the other night was like i was like holy shit like what what is that like how do you what do you do granted no one boxed him out but still like how are you gonna forget that like that that dude's there no he's got to just be in people's heads a little bit too his offense i mean his offensive rebound numbers though just alone are like historically unprecedented already He's snagging like his rebound rate and everything. It's just like it's insane. Anyway, I I think that I don't know the eight seed in the West is gonna be fun to to see. I blaze. I still like. I want to put money on the Blazers just because they ultimately, when Lillard comes back, which he's supposed to in a few games, uh, I like their experience and him and CJ and. And their ability to get it done. Grizzlies have a really tough uh, schedule for the rest of the year. Pelicans could do it, though. Like, it's Pelicans or Blazers in my mind. You're just counting on the Grizzlies. I am. I don't don't think that the Grizzlies... Yeah, they're there right now. See, if I I had those three, like, I'd put more confidence in the Grizzlies holding on to it if the Bucks don't take it from them than... Man, well, Jaron Jackson got hurt. Jaron yeah. Jackson's out for a couple of weeks. No, yeah, no, I know. I mean, yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, I like. I think it's 
No, I think and the they've lost the and they've Pel- lost four in a row. Yeah, no, I think the conversation about Pelicans taking it is legit now, um, which I think is insane that we're actually doing that. But Zion Williamson is insane. Um, I do the, the Blazers. I would say yes to that, maybe, but like they're just fucked. They're done, man. It's not even like they're bad. Like that team just doesn't have the bodies to do it, to do what it would have to take. I. I just don't think they've got it, and it's it sucks. But like this has just been a year for, besides the Warriors, like they might be the most injury play like bad luck team this year. Um, maybe people will want to say about the Bulls, but the Bulls aren't good, so whatever. Um, like, or like that's just like the facts of it. And I think the Pelicans like what they're going like it's hot hand right now. That's where you'd have to go. Um, <laughs> last team I want to talk about was uh, the Rockets. The Rockets are definitely the just running with no center nowadays, but the, it seems to be working. I think we talked at a re- on a recent pod at how good Russell Westbrook has been. Yes. That continues. He was incredible yep. last night against the Grizzlies. They ran away with it and won by almost thirty. Uh, they're fourth in the West. It. If it's Rockets Thunder four five, that would that would be fun. Although I I do think that the Jazz have a good chance of making it uh, into the five yeah. spot. We'll we'll see how that all shakes out. But yeah, I um, want it to be I want it to be Clippers Thunder in that first round matchup. Which that I mean that's fun too. Yeah, just off the Paul George trade, all that stuff that would be rock. Uh, and the Thunder, the Thunder, good. I mean, Chris Paul's just been really good this year, and I'm not so a Chris is, Paul fan. So is SGA, man. Uh, yeah, he's been great this year. Dude, Chris Paul's so annoying. Uh, I know he is. Every time we talk, about I know him, Chris Paul's so annoying. Uh, dude, he, the Rockets I don't thing, disagree. man. I feel like this Rockets thing is just like a really good season gimmick, like. I think it kind of works, and I've come around the idea, like, I could see it definitely kind of working on a regular season game basis for them, but, like, until I see in the playoffs, I just think this thing is, like, it's cute, it's fun, whatever, but, like, put them in a playoff series, like, this, no center, like, this is done, like, good luck. There's, there's two, like, all right, if you give them, if they had to go up against the you just said so they had to go up against the jazz they might play against the jazz and go bear yeah bye see ya good luck like no no way i was gonna say yeah the jazz the nuggets and the lakers alone like those three teams like out of there like good luck bye Rockets. so they've they've actually played the jazz twice with since trading capella though and they lost by one on a ridiculous buzzer beater by Bogdanovich, and then they won by ten. So I I I hear what you're saying, but it's like they they've now won four straight. They've beaten they've beaten the Jazz, they've beaten the Celtics. In that time span, they've also had some they have some shitty wins in there too, but they're I don't know they're. It seems to be working okay. They also beat no, they beat I, the Lakers with this too. And the Lakers are they play huge. Covington well, Covington and PJ Tucker just have really it, they've made it work with those two cuz Covington actually provides some length near the rim and PJ Tucker's just like they stick him on fives and he holds his own. I I, I think it's interesting. I think they I don't think they're going to run into problems where Russ is not going to be able to just run his way to the rim and that Harden's going to have an off shooting game. And then they're, they're going to have a series that's like that. And they're going to, they're not going to get to the finals, but do I think that they can make things interesting in the second round? I, I think they could. Hmm. I mean, they also played the Rockets on that second the game. They lost by 10. They was on a back to back. It was a second game of back to back. They were playing Houston. So I did. I mean, the Rockets, I mean, the Jazz have had their problems, too. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like that, but I think in this series, like, they could, 
they could fix things enough to. I like I said I think the rocket seeing has some merit, especially you're playing teams like on um, back to backs, given nights, and you're like you know for teams that haven't played it before, whatever the case. Like I think it's efficient enough where like yeah I can see where teams would have problems with it, but I just don't think like in a playoff series in that format like. Yeah, if you can get PJ Tucker in a foul trouble, like I think it's kind of done just off that. That's true. I mean, uh, this all changes if all of a sudden someone is uh, someone's getting in foul trouble. That is this key for them on defense. I yeah, I hear you. And it's like Russ has to continue to play at this level. Hard, you know. Every like I think there it's a good stretch right now, but. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna just double down on the idea like it doesn't work in the playoffs. Well, I'm, I'm excited, excited to see at least what version of that looks like. And I, you know, we give, we have given plenty of criticism towards Russ and how the, nice. how his his shot selection and, no um. Don't don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? You have been for the most part a, a staunch supporter, um, but I I just I love this version of him. So I, I hope that I hope he stays healthy and that this team at least keeps playing this level of basketball because at least makes things interesting on a night to night basis. But um, all right, man. Well. What, what shout-outs you got this week? So, Wayne, before we – is Conley benched or is he not benched? Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, last thing. So, <laughs> of course, I'm trying to move past the Jazz thing. Cause I, don't I thought, that, I thought them, you were setting us up for a smooth transition from Rockets. A to smooth jazz. jazz transition. No, unfortunately, I, I fucked that up. But uh, the reports came out from, from The Athletic that Conley's going to get benched that immediately gets swapped around and actually Joe Ingles is getting benched. So <laughs> Joe Ingles is coming off the bench now. I don't like what's happened. I, I, I don't know if the reporting uh, or it was a miscommunication or, or what, but uh, the Jazz, I feel like the best they've played this season is when Conley was hurt and Ingles was running point a little bit more. Um I know it's a tough pill to swallow when you're paying the guy 30 million bucks, but I yeah. just, I don't know. I, I can't, I do, I haven't seen a ton of jazz basketball this year. I've seen enough to know that, I mean, Ingles has not been as good lately, but I, I think it's him and Conley just don't seem to fit together at all. Yeah. So man. having one run, one run with the second unit, I feel like they're going to experiment with who's starting and who's coming off the bench I, as yeah. they should. I, I think it's they've opened themselves to yeah trying some stuff because like they've struggled and Conley integrating with that team hasn't been great um, to this point like it hasn't been a success but I feel like some of this is coming more into a thing of like Quinn Snyder feeling the need to get Royce O'Neal more minutes and it's like just how do we do that um and I think he's garnered that for a little bit, and now they're at a stretch of time where, like, they've lost – they've slipped – and, you know, like, they don't want to completely lose their position in the playoff standing. So, um, you know, it's time for some hard truths with some guys. Um, and, like, they do need the help defensively on the perimeter especially. Um, so where does that – I mean, yeah, Ingles, Conley, both are the, the prime two guys where you have to point to that. Um thing but um it's yeah super super odd just like how that report came out and, like what actually went down um but yeah i mean you, i i like the jazz like i think they're a strong like outside of probably the nuggets clippers lakers like the third of the like, is the fourth western conference team i would actually like make an argument I could see in a scenario making it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, I don't really see any of the other teams in the West doing that, but I you could I could convince myself of the Jazz. 
uh, of things. But um, yeah, this like they've they've struggled kind of this last you know couple weeks here. So um, I don't th I, I applaud them and like Quinn Snyder for like and you know recognizing that and like being proactive with it. Yeah, I feel like they gotta at least try something because they're yeah. they're I I just, just well yeah, and like the idea of like Bogdanovich and Ingles being like that's just like that's really tough. Like if that yeah. those if those guys aren't shooting well, it's just like it, it can be. It's turned ugly for them too. <laughs> it's just like their ability to stop teams. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has been good this year. Um, he continues yeah. to be a superstar, but yeah, they've Gobert has been good. Don Mitchell has been good. It's just the pieces around them that have been a little shaky. Um, but you know, it's not like like they're they're thirty six and twenty two. This season was the I think I don't know if it was a team record, but it was the most wins that they had had at the All Star break with this core of players. Um, so it's not like it has been a disaster of a season for them. It's just no. Conley has not been as good as they'd like, and it has not translated on the court as well as they'd right. like with the with the pieces that they got. But anyway, so I jumped the gun on shoutouts. PJ, what do you got? Uh, shout out to Co Kobe White for his uh, couple stretches. Of, so good. Uh, 35 point games and then now he hurt his back in practice evidently um, yep only the Bulls um, and Zach Levine uh, now holds the Bulls record for most three pointers made in a season um, shout wow. out to that but Bulls still suck shout out to Zach Levine for getting and shout out to Jim Boy. it's just going to be a Bulls shout out because uh, I didn't want to actually spend time talking about it in an actual contextual way. But shout out to Jim Boylan continuing to call late game timeouts and blowouts. Levine's and calling him out on challenges. it, though. Yeah, but maybe he didn't. Who the fuck knows? But he definitely is fucking fed up with it. He's boiling over with frustration. <laughs> he sure is. But um, beyond that, I, uh, I don't think I have any other shout outs. Uh, the only I, ha I the only one I have is for uh, Love Is Blind, which is just the the wildest reality TV show I've seen in a little while. Um, if you like The Circle, it's gonna be up your alley. And I, the premise, um, they get like 10, 10 to fifteen men, ten to fifteen women. They each can only talk in these little pods where they can talk to one another, but they cannot see each other. And the only way that you get out, well, I think there's a, a designated amount of time, but the only way you get out prior to that amount of time running out is that you propose and get engaged with another person. Oh shit. And then you, I knew nothing about the premise of this. and then you are expected to marry that person a few weeks after leaving the pods. And it is, it's really something, and it's it's good. Oh, damn! I yeah, you recommended me. I asked for no details on the show. I didn't realize that was what it was. That's wild. And I also remember the <laughs> shout outs I had. Okay. Uh, Rick Flair's uh, before the Lakers game on Tuesday. Quite a quite a an amp up by Nature Boy. Um, also needed to, I don't think we did this on the last, I forget the time of last episode. If we, I actually shouted out Rihanna's birthday, shout out to the queen on that, um, as well. And, um, damn, I had one more that I was remembering. Now I forgot. Um. Oh, shout out Michael Jordan for reminding uh, or for acknowledging the crying Jordan memes during the Kobe Memorial. Uh, that, that was, was uh, incredible. 
Yeah, sure. Him making like a light, you know, gestures of that, like it's kind of ref- like nice in some ways, but um, that was pretty interesting. Oh, and uh, shout out to the uh, the Hoiberg uh, college basketball bowl that occurred. Uh, Fred's son uh, Jack started for Michigan State when they played Nebraska a couple days ago. Um, Michigan State won pretty handedly. But Tom Izzo gave Fred Hoiberg's son a start against him, so it's quite quite something. Very college basketball-y thing that would occur. Yeah, I've actually watched like a teeny tiny bit of college basketball over the last week. I watched a little bit of uh, watched the Hawkeyes lose to Michigan State the other night. Luke Garza is actually he's fun, but. Luke Garza uh, has gotten the most coverage on this podcast of any college basketball player. <laughs> As he should. I mean, he's he's good. Um, but, yeah, uh, college basketball is still not fun. No. Nope. But March Madness just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, but that's going to be great. It's, that will be fun. We got the, we got the keg coming up, baby. Um, all right, dude. Let's wrap it up. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we, uh, I'm sure that we'll have, we'll have, uh, hopefully a much less injury filled week between now and we, when we do a podcast next week, but, um, plenty of fun stuff to come looking forward to seeing how the, the playoff race kind of dwindles down here. We still got a few months left before the playoffs. Uh, but as I said, thank you for listening at the point four at NBA at the point four at NBA at gmail.com at foolish killer at the point four at NBA on Twitter. 